0: Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for the time that we've had to worship together in song. And now we pray that you would take your word and bring it into our hearts and make us better people and help us to know you better and to love you more. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall I keep with this? No? <laughs> okay. You know, I have said a number of times recently and talked about our society moving further and further away from the principles upon which it was founded, which a lot of them were Christian principles. Now, you know, a lot of people today will still say that they believe in God. But for many, the God they believe in doesn't very closely resemble the God of the Bible. And so they'll just kind of use God for whatever they want or need or feel like he should do for them. And many will even make the confident claims, make very confident claims about God and what he'll do and how he helps them and that sort of thing. But those confident claims, you know, they also don't seem to match the Bible. And there's so much more we could talk about regarding the direction of our nation. But what does this mean for our church? As our nation moves farther and farther away from the principles of following God, of trusting in God, of believing in him as the creator, believing in the things that the Bible says that he does, what does that leave for us as a church? What is our role in this society that is moving further and further away from the knowledge of God or the the, the principles of the Bible? Well, you know, we started in the book of Titus a while back and been out of it for a while. But in the book of Titus, we have the Apostle Paul, who has started or planted a number of churches <clears throat> on the island of Crete. Excuse me, uh, I don't have the... <laughs> we got to get our act back together. Um, <laughs> We'll do it the way it happened when the, the remote was broken. I'll act like I'm pushing it, and Daniel, you, you make it go. So here's Paul on the island of Crete, going through the island of Crete. Uh, it says the Cretan Sea, but it's actually the Mediterranean Sea, and I guess that part they may call the Cretan Sea. And, you know, just to the northwest, to the northwest there, oh, thank you. To the northwest there is Greece, and then to the northeast is present-day Turkey. <clears throat> so there's Paul going through there, and he's planting churches all the way through. Now, we've kind of mentioned before that the people of Crete were widely known, and this is the description that was given by one of their poets or prophets. They were not widely known as being dishonest, gluttonous, and lazy. And the Apostle Paul said, and it's true. So their overall reputation as a society, as a nation, as a people had sunk to a very low moral level. So the Apostle Paul leaves his faithful protege, Titus, I mean, excuse me, on the island. And Paul moves on. And, and Titus is supposed to help these churches grow in the faith. And these churches are filled with new converts to Christianity who are li- living presently in a bankrupt society and who had grown up with those morals and those attitudes. So as Paul begins this letter, he says his purpose of writing this letter to Titus is to further the faith of God's people, these new, new Christians, to further the faith of god's people and their knowledge of the truth which then leads to godly living now you know we may have all known people who thought of christianity as a one-time decision made at one particular moment in life and then we watch them just go right back to the ways they were doing things and that is not the way the bible presents becoming a christian is it the bible presents people becoming christian and seeing a whole new world in front of them from coming from darkness to light to finding God for the first time in truth people's lives and attitudes completely change so the apostle paul leaves titus on the island of crete to help these very recent converts who were living in a society that was pretty deplorable to step into the newfound faith and to turn from their old way of living and thinking to become followers of Jesus Christ, to live their lives in following Christ. And do you know the first step of action he tells Titus to take in order to get these churches on the right pathway? It's in chapter 1 and verse 9. <clears throat> Well, actually, it's right before this. He tells Titus to appoint church leaders in all of the churches. He's telling them to go throughout the island, go into all the churches that he's planted, and appoint church leaders. And these leaders are to help these people become more mature converts in the faith. And he says that these leaders must be men of high Christian character. Men that are faithful in their marriages. Beyond serious accusations against their character. Self-controlled. Honest people, men. Upright character. Paul wants Titus to appoint church leaders who have good standing, good reputation, Men who people respect, not angry, belligerent bullies who are out to control others' lives or make a name for themselves. And he mentions a very, very key quality of a church leader, and here it is. He says he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. And he's talking about the teachings of the apostles as they have been passed down. And so he's talking about the scriptures. So that he's supposed to hold to the trustworthy message, and a leader is, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose that sound doctrine. You know, a church leader must hold unswervingly and firmly to the Word of God and that's the most important thing in a church is that the church is following the Word of God and he says that is so he can encourage others by sound doctrine by good teachings by by faithful teachings healthy teachings and to stop those who would try to to tear away at the truth stop those who would try to bring in the false teachings which were very common in these early churches and much of these false teachings were coming in from a group called they called the Judaizers and they would go into these newly formed Christian churches and they would try to convince the people yeah okay you can believe in Christ but you have to keep the Jewish law and that's the exact opposite of what Paul was teaching And Paul said that the false teachers were often doing that in order to get control of people and for dishonest gain. So he was saying these were really crooks and deceivers and phonies who were coming in and trying to take them down a different road than what Paul had set them on. And so Titus was to appoint leaders in the church who were respectable people, who were honest and caring people, who held firmly to the trustworthy message as it was passed down from the apostles, the scriptures, in order that they could encourage others to live right lives and stop those who would bring in false teachings. So really, this is good for us in our day, isn't it? I mean, churches do get taken aside to the wrong, to wrong doctrine and to wrong lifestyles. And then things are led into the church that are wrong without being confronted. And as our society moves further and further away from the teachings of the Bible, from the scriptural principles that used to be seen as good and helpful and true and honoring God, sometimes in our society those same scriptural principles are now seen as hateful and destructive. That's how much our society has changed. Many of you are probably aware that the state of Texas has just passed a law that outlaws abortion after six weeks, or after the heartbeat can be detected, which is usually about six weeks. And in response to this law, there's a lot of other stuff that's going on in that, as far as the Supreme Court and, and... and things like that but in response to this law that after six weeks or after detecting a heartbeat you cannot kill the baby you cannot abort the baby we have two of our country's highest ranking political leaders who both claim very publicly that they are devout Catholics and they have made public statements that they are determined to do everything they can in their power to challenge that law so that women can kill their babies after the detection of a heartbeat. They didn't use those words, but that's basically what it is. So really, I think that this New Testament book of Titus is very relevant to our day and time as we see our nation, our society moving further away from God. You know, that old saying... In the beginning, God created man and his image, and then man returned the favor. So now people just want to create God and their image. So the Apostle Paul tells Titus that in order to help these new believers move forward in their Christian faith, to grow stronger in the faith, more solid in the faith, he says, you must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine, Now, in, in chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, as those come to um, attack the doctrine, he says, you, however, Titus, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. And that word actually means healthy. Sound is the word for Healthy. Sound doctrine, sound teachings, healthy teachings from the scriptures that lead you in the right direction and bring you closer to God. And do you know what he means by sound doctrine, appropriate to sound doctrine? When you hear that, you almost think of these deep, heavy theological lessons. But look at verse 2. He says in verse 1, you, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine, And here it is. Teach the older men to be temperate. That often had to do with controlling how much wine you took at supper, you know. Temperate, worthy of respect, self controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Now, you know, you talk about sound doctrine, you think, well, this might be kind of dusty and, you know, hard to get through. But we don't need a seminary degree to understand this kind of stuff, do we? And this is what he's talking about, a sound doctrine. He's telling Titus to teach the older men of the church to be men of respect. To be men that that have self-control, that walk in their faith that show love and patience or endurance. And these are qualities appropriate to sound doctrine. And now look what he tells the older women. Some, you know, we've, we've been through this a bit, but I want to get to something else, and I want to just bring us up to speed again. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. And see, this wasn't happening in Crete to a large degree. Not to be slanderers, you know, to be accusers of others or blasphemers or, or, or you know, s- spreading gossip about others. Not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. They, these older women, then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Isn't Paul just basically telling Titus to teach the Cretans to lead decent, respectable lives, lives that will allow others to look up to them with respect, lives that will display faithfulness and love, self-control, kindness. And in that Cretan society, these basic Christian values will allow those outside the church to see the great difference that Jesus Christ makes when somebody decides to follow him, to become one with Christ and follow him. And so that's what sound doctrine is. It's living according to God's Principles, living according to scriptural principles. Now, there's one group, one last group I want to cover this morning, and this will be the group we haven't covered yet. And again, this is a part of the teaching that is appropriate to sound doctrine or healthy teachings. But instead of these teachings being heavy-handed, deep theological treatises, Paul's telling Titus to teach each group of these, of these new Christian converts How they are now to live as Christians and followers of Christ. And how that has to be different now. So look at verses 6 through 8. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. He's been saying that for everyone, hasn't he? Self-controlled. I don't think there was a lot of that on the island. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. So Titus, you're going to show them how to live by them watching you in your teaching as you explain to them how they're supposed to live show integrity that's something that's not corrupted it's it's whole show them teaching show integrity seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us." So he's telling now the young men of the church to use self-control. Seems that was a big issue in Crete. It means to act reasonable, sensible, keeping one's head and trying circumstances. <clears throat> you know, when I think of young men having trouble with self-control, I think of these different news stories that we've been seeing over the last few years or the last year. I think of the riots in Portland and Minnesota and many other places with all the destruction and the hatred and the the fuming and the disruption and people losing their jobs and people getting hurt and killed. And it's these young people losing their heads, causing as much destruction as they could. That was their goal. When they would go into these places, they were going to see how much they could destroy, how much they could hurt people. And then we learn that a lot of, or some, older, wealthier people with evil intentions who weren't at the riots were actually the ones who were instigating the riots, sending people there to do that, and funding their cause. These older people who had ulterior motives, who had evil intentions, they were taking advantage of these young men who had all the youthful energy and not much smarts up here and all the strength and using their lack of self-control because of their youth to promote chaos and to promote harm and hurt and widespread destruction because that fit right into their agenda and so Titus said or Paul said Titus is to teach these young men to exercise self-control because when young men lack self-control it can be a lot more damaging and hurtful and harmful than maybe when older men or older women lack self-control now Do you remember? I'm I'm sure you do. There was this high school class from a Catholic high school. These kids, I think it was a senior trip. But they went to the Lincoln Memorial. And uh, they were going to an event that would... It was a pro-life event where they were, you know, marching against abortion. And... If you know the story behind this, it became a big story. And, and what happened was these high school kids were at the Lincoln Memorial. And then some group called the Black Israelites, kind of a, a terrorist group, uh, they started you know, coming at them or trying to disrupt them or something. And then as that was all going on, this uh, man with the glasses, he came up and started pounding his drum in the face of this kid. And this kid just kind of used all his self-control and just kind of smiled at him. And the, the liberal press said, see that kid smirking at this old man? And it came out... Totally opposite after they did the investigation because there was a somebody that had Well, there were people that were filming it and they had a longer version and Showed that it was the kids that were getting Attacked and this man was coming and playing his drum right in the face of this kid And the kid just stood there with all self-control It ended up that this, um, some groups helped this kid or sued uh, the liberal media, n- number, a number of media outlets. And they wouldn't say the number. Uh, uh, and some of the lawsuits have gone through. And they wouldn't say what he's won. But we know that in one lawsuit, he was awarded $245 million. Because of what they did to him. And the liberal media made it sound like it was his kid's fault all the way through. And so what I'm really just saying is, you can see our society moving. Because you got somebody there that's really trying to promote life and not killing. And then you've got people there who are trying to attack that person for that value And then trying to smear them by telling lies. Well, that's what we're faced with. So here's Paul talking to Titus. And he's telling him how to handle the young men in the churches. And he says, in everything, Titus, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So he tells Titus, use your own life to teach these young men how they should behave as Christians. And Paul says that Titus should teach the young men through his integrity, his honesty, and through his seriousness and soundness of speech. And in that way, Titus is showing himself to be a man who has reverence for God. And they can just see it in a live example. And he's showing himself as a man who has a serious relationship with God. And who is a person worthy of their respect. And he wanted the young men to be able to look up to Titus. And see what it looked like for a man who truly followed Christ. A follower of Christ. And he wanted Titus to show these young men what it looked like to live by self-control. And to live a life of integrity. And to live a life that was above reproach. Where they couldn't bring any solid um, accusation against you and, and, and make it stick just like it gets that boy that that teenager doesn't mean Titus couldn't ever make a mistake right doesn't mean he should hide anything that he might have done wrong just so it looked like he was you know never wrong it meant that he could own up to the truth and keep his sights on serving God so all of what we have said here is what it means to teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine, healthy teachings. And this is what we are to promote in our churches. Not really hard to understand deep theological uh, points or treatises, are they? They're just Christian character traits that show people what it means to be a follower of Christ. So we can continue to do that, can't we? And the thing is, we're showing people what it means when we turn from darkness to light. Because we don't just turn to Christ just for ourselves, right? It doesn't stop just with us and our salvation. But when we step over that line to become a follower of Christ, we do it to receive forgiveness for ourselves, our sins but also to show others how they can receive forgiveness for their sins. We're trying to tell as many people as we can how they can receive forgiveness for their sins because most people think you have to live good enough to make it to heaven and no one knows what that is, but it's all in forgiveness, isn't it? And Christ provided that forgiveness. Why else would he have come and died and given his life on the cross? It's to show others what following Christ is all about. And as our society moves further away from God, perhaps becoming more like Crete, we must become more like the true body of Christ. And we must move further into our faith because that's what Paul was wanting Titus to help these churches do, to move further into their new faith. We want to be the light of Christ that those trapped in darkness can turn to to find the answers to life. And Paul tells Titus that when he and those he teaches live with integrity and soundness of speech and no false motives, when they live honestly, when they live openly before others, and they're truly following Christ, and they truly know where, you know, their allegiances are, then those false teachers who work to attack the Christian message for dishonest gain says, they will be brought to shame. And so, that is Paul talking to Titus, telling him how he can help those people become uh, better Christians, turn their lives around to follow Christ, and, and that Titus would be the one who would show them by example. And that's for us too, isn't it? As our society goes further and further away from the knowledge of God, away from the principles of the Bible, even sometimes calling things that are so good they call them bad and hateful. We need to be here and stand for the truth and just walk that line and do it in love and be there to help people and show them what God is really all about. And so that can be our calling as Paul talked To Titus going through that island of Crete. That can be our calling as we're going through the island of our changing America. And showing people what what God's love is truly all about. That salvation is found in, in God sending Christ to die for our sins. And that we want them to have that life that we have found. So... We are the church. We are God's people. And he has called us for such a time as this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the scriptures. And we thank you how we learned so much. And, and even some of the same principles in so many different ways. Through different circumstances, different people, different um, even time periods. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us take all of these things to heart and that we could keep them in our minds and that we would have our and and accept our special calling at this time in our nation's uh, history, that we could point people to you, point people to Christ, and show them what true Christian living is all about. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.